episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. Alrighty guys, so what do Saturday morning Disney Channel, high school sweatpants, and uncooked Pillsbury sugar cookies with like the cute little seasonal designs on them all have in common? They are comforting, okay? And so for this week, I am discussing comfort, in particular, comfort zones, why we need to get out of them, why we need to throw the idea of comfort itself out the door, and why we need to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Also, speaking of being uncomfortable, this might be TMI, but like, I really need to stop acting like I'm someone who can drink whole ass cow's milk. Um, I just, I, I just can't. This morning, slash like just whenever in general that I'm at like a coffee shop and they ask me, is whole milk okay? Like I need to stop just saying yes. I say yes, whole milk is fine just to like make their lives easier, which like, I don't know why I do that. It doesn't make my life any easier. Being in gastrointestinal distress. This is not main character energy, okay? Main characters have the courage to ask for dairy-free milk. Sorry, just, just a little side note. And hot girls have the courage to huddle. Hit it, editing Connie. So first things first, I would love to hear your feedback. Um, I already hear it from like a couple of you guys week after week. It absolutely makes my day, so keep it up. But I'd love to hear from some of you guys what's working for you like on the podcast so far. What's not working? What's your favorite parts? What do you want more of? Do you want like a longer hot girl huddle, a shorter one? Do you want more self-help, less self-help? Just DM me on Instagram at Dr. Connie Wang or leave a review and let me know what your thoughts are for this podcast because I would love to just help, you know, take this to the next level. Alrighty, first things first, y'all already know what time it is. We got our healthcare horoscopes for the week of March 28th, so let's see what's up. So the biggest astrological event this week is uh, happening on Friday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. We have a new moon in Aries, so... That's going to give us this like exciting energy of ambitions, big goals in general. Like I've said this before, new moons are a time to set new intentions, a time to like create new goals, a, basically like a fresh start. And Aries is the sign of ambition and bold moves. So it's basically like a good little like girl boss reset. Personally, on Friday, I'm going to be taking like a good inventory of the next month or so ahead and like making plans in terms of scheduling my patients, like making sure I'm on the right track studying for boards, planning content for this podcast. So yeah, that's just like some ideas of what you can do. Like you guys can try making to-do lists, journaling about your goals, uh, just, just making sure that you're going in the direction that you want. So that was a short healthcare horoscopes for this week, but up next, so guys, I asked you answered was fun for a couple episodes. It, she, you know what? She gave what she needed, but it's time we say our goodbyes to the I asked you answered and welcome in a new segment to replace it, which I'll be calling my voicemails. Yes. So each week I'll be checking my voicemails, so to speak. And basically what that means is each week I'm going to be featuring a listener, a mentor, a leader, someone to share with me a tip related to the episode. So these will be like interspersed into the actual episode. So stay tuned to hear who my voicemail of the week is from in today's episode. Just think of it as like a little voice memo from someone else. So get excited. I think this will be a fun new way to introduce some awesome new guests and freshen things up. Okay, I'm literally in bed right now editing this and recording this. Um, if you guys would be interested in being a guest in leaving a voicemail for me, please, please, please send me a DM, leave me a review. All are welcome from listeners to mentors to leaders to like whatever, whoever you are. If you want to have input onto this podcast, please let me know. I would love to feature you guys. Or if you want to nominate someone too, you guys can nominate who you want to hear on this podcast as well. Just send me a DM or leave a review. And yeah, finally time for some good old spit talk. 
So the tea of the week is Texas Roadhouse is out. They're on my list now, okay? I know, I know the bread is good. The cinnamon sugar butter is good. It's just, last time we went, it was a hot mess. Okay, so here's some backstory. Jimmy and I went on a date there Friday night a couple days ago. Um, I don't know if we just went to like a bad one, but first of all, we all know everyone goes there for the bread and butter. Okay, for the free bread and butter. That's like the star of the show. They never gave us the bread and butter. Well, actually, you know what? They did. But it was after I asked like three different people. Everyone that worked there acted like they couldn't care less. Um, it was giving very much like high school community service vibes, the way that no one wanted to help us. And Jimmy and I usually don't complain about this stuff. We're like pretty happy chain restaurant people. Um, the actual steaks we got ourselves weren't that impressive. Uh, I mean, they're okay. It's, it's honestly hard to ruin a steak for me. Nothing special. But yeah, I don't know. Everything for... Also, oh my gosh, Jimmy ordered chili. That never came either. It was just like thing after thing of like subpar food when it would come. Most of the time it didn't come. So yeah, I don't know if you guys listened to the last episode. Jimmy and I are chain restaurant people. First date was Cheesecake Factory. One month anniversary was Buffalo Wild Wings. But unfortunately, this weekend, Texas Roadhouse just lost two fans. That's that's literally all that I have prepared today for Spit Talk. <laughs> That might be all Connie has to say for Spit Talk, but editing Jimmy has to get the final word in. Now, I am by no means a steak connoisseur. However... You have a complaint with the steak? Yeah, no, I I, I just wanted to pile on to what you've already okay. been doing. Um, yeah, so I think they, you know, I got a medium rare steak because just walking in, I didn't trust them. You could just kind of tell, like, this was not the steakhouse to trust with giving you Do rare even meat. call it a steakhouse? I don't think we can, because it's actually called a roadhouse. Okay, go on. It's an important distinction. We should have known that it was a lower tier than our beloved Longhorn. Oh, or the we, glorious Outback. We do like... All right. Oh, we, we like Here's our mid-level t- mid chain tier list. No, we're not doing this. That's going to be got, so long. We got Longhorn Steakhouse, then... Outback after that, then any kind of random local steak joint, then maybe we'd consider going to another Texas Roadhouse if it wasn't this one. Actually, I would rather have an Applebee's steak. There, I said it. Now, they forgot my chili, and I'm kind of a wimp, so like I'm not going to tell them they forgot my chili. Um, so Connie's the Beyonce to my Jay-Z, and she's fierce. Uh, and, you know, Sasha Fierce gets wild when she needs her chili. Um, you know, we ate it today, and you know what, guys? I gotta say, I wish we hadn't asked for it. Too many beans. Too many beans. Is what? this really all that you had? Uh, no, I feel like no, I got okay, a lot so more to do, but no, um, I'm just stoked for this voicemail portion later. Okay, nothing else really new here. I'm just studying for boards, uh, slowly spiraling into um, a ball of stress, really. But you know the drill. It's okay. My boards are in about like two weeks now, so it's the final countdown. I'm getting there. We're getting there. We're getting close. Anyways, time for the main part of the episode. Alrighty, you guys. So this week, the whole reason why I wanted to have this discussion was recently school has been like a grind and a half. Honestly, they like really packed my schedule this semester with rotations and workshops, competencies on top of like my usual baseline of seeing patients every day, doing their lab work, planning their treatments, working part time for my job with Cocoa Floss, running this Instagram page. I don't know why I got so nasally all of a sudden. So anyways, I just feel like these days I've been like, you know, like leaving the house at 8 a.m., not coming back till 7.30 p.m., then having to study for boards when I get home. It's, it's, it's just been a lot. And the other day I flopped into my bed at the end of the day 
thinking like, man, I just want to be comfortable for once. I am tired. My body is aching. My head is cloudy. My eyes are like dry. Honestly, I think I'm actually just describing seasonal allergies. Maybe I just need an antihistamine. Anyways, so I'm like sounding really whiny right now. Um, but yeah, these are like actual thoughts I had. And I realized um, how whiny I was being. I was like, Connie, A, grow the fuck up. It's not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. And it was then that I realized... Who even said you were supposed to be comfortable, like, in the first place? Who said that? Who said you were, like, entitled to that? And that's when I realized we're not owed comfort, and you don't just deserve comfort. And, and even if you did, at every stage of life, comfort means something different. Comfort five years ago looked different from how I define comfort now. So it's comfort's pretty transient, if you think about it. So maybe we should care less about something as transient as how comfortable we feel and instead care more about something more legit, like how we're making ourselves better today. And nine out of 10 times, that means doing the uncomfortable. So then the best thing we can do for ourselves is to train our, you know, train our minds, train our bodies and train our souls in a way to become comfortable with the uncomfortable. And thus this episode was born. And I think this topic is really important for young women in healthcare like yourselves to hear because I hope it gives you some sort of encouragement or inspiration to keep going because I know the times are tough right now for, you know, whatever you're doing, wherever you are. But sometimes we tend to overthink things and think like, I'm the only one that's struggling this hard. Other people have things so much easier. Maybe that's a sign I'm not good enough or I'm not this or that enough. When really, if we were all just transparent about how uncomfortable we all are being on this path in healthcare, then maybe we'd feel more empowered to know like it's going to be okay even when it doesn't feel like it. So that brings me to my first point. Comfort is overrated. And here's why. Comfort, I realize, is just a mental construct. So let me explain. Uh, basically, your brain can only recognize like what it's familiar with and what it's not. We're, we're pretty, uh, pretty simple people, okay? Nothing to be ashamed of. Your brain just thinks of familiarity as safe because it's gotten you this far. So very often when you stop and think about your choices in both your day-to-day -day life and your big picture goals, a lot of times you're kind of just going off of something from the past or from your past. I, I actually read this in a book, 101 Essays to Change the Way You Think. Highly recommend that book if you enjoy what I talk about today. The important thing I want you to hear is that familiar discomfort feels the same as comfort to your brain, which is why people get stuck in the same old habits and patterns that don't serve them. It's like a mind-blowing moment when you realize that sometimes you don't want what you actually want. You want what you've known. Because like I said, your brain doesn't really know good from bad. It kind of just knows familiar from unfamiliar. Turns out you can actually create something way better than what you know, but because it's foreign and unfamiliar, your brain misinterprets it as bad. It reminded me of this one time I was listening to a podcast or a TED talk with, I think her name's Elizabeth Gilbert, and she's the writer of Eat, Pray, Love. And she said something around the lines of how after her massive success with writing one of her books, it might have been Eat, Pray, Love. Basically, after this massive success, she realized that she actually felt equally as uncomfortable and miserable as she was before her success because she wasn't used to it. She was launched like equally as far from what she was used to. And that's the insidious thing about comfort is that Everyone has a limited threshold or like tolerance for feeling good. Um, basically, if it goes past the point that we're familiar with, like when Elizabeth reached this massive success, we sabotage ourselves and our situations to go back to our comfort zones. Like I said, familiar discomfort feels the same as comfort to our little pea brains. We tend to create... <laughs> 
I'm like being so mean to us right now. Okay, our, our brains are fine. We're not pea brains. But anyways, we tend to create problems and extra drama because we want to feel closer to what we're used to. So this is an example of how sometimes our comfort zone isn't actually healthy. It's filled with toxicity and drama. So therefore, knowing that we have this threshold, then we want to make this threshold higher, right? We want to expand the limits that uh, we can feel good. And so to do that, becoming comfortable with discomfort is the gateway to expanding your tolerance for happiness, basically, like your threshold for feeling good. That's another thing I learned from 101 essays to change the way you think. So what does that also mean? It basically means that comfort is pretty arbitrary. Like it doesn't mean anything. Comfort is a mental construct, like I said. Like, it's not some legit thing in reality, it lives in our heads, and everyone has a different sense of what comfort feels like or looks like. So basically, the whole point of this spiel is, I'm telling you guys, don't always trust your sense of comfort to be what's best. More importantly, don't get too hung up or discouraged if you're feeling uncomfortable, and don't take discomfort as a sign that something's not going right. Because chances are, it actually might be helping you. Because like, honestly, what's best for me right now is probably all of this discomfort that I'm feeling. It's probably good for me that I'm like pushing myself out there, that I'm learning new things in clinic, that I'm like putting in the work to study for my board. These are all good things. It doesn't feel like it. It sure as hell doesn't feel like it. Again, who said the comfort was owed to me? So let's break this down even more. Chances are you're uncomfortable because ultimately something is new or about to change or change scares you. But you have to remind yourself that change, just like discomfort, doesn't automatically equal bad. Think about it. Change is also how the best things that have ever happened to you were able to happen. Also, I hate to break it to you, but it doesn't really matter how you feel about change or if you wanted it to happen or not, because change is inevitable. It's gonna happen. If it weren't to change right now in the present, it would still eventually have to change because that's just how life works. So anyways, you're kind of forced to deal with it at some point. Even if you think you're not dealing with something, Even inaction is a form of action, if that makes sense, because your choice of action is to not act. So anyways, with change being inevitable in mind, remind yourself that change doesn't happen to you, it happens for you because of two reasons. One, it really does in the literal sense happen for you because you can't control it. It's going to change whether you like it or not. So in the literal sense, change does the work for you and changes for you. But also what I meant to say with this really is think of it in the positive sense change is here to serve you and it's up to you to pull your head out of your butt and stop being so afraid to see the positive ways that change can serve you. I'm not even sure if pulling your head out of your butt is like a real phrase. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is but I also might be mixing up pull your head out of the sand or pull your head out of the clouds or something but anyways. So anyways that was a little background on comfort. Now let's go into the steps I take to getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. The first thing I do to really become more comfortable with being uncomfortable is you have to find things that ground you. Being grounded is so essential. Whether it's people or places or things, for me, as cheesy as it sounds, I really have to talk to myself and repeat to myself my beliefs. Oh my god, editing Connie here. I just realized, I, I just had a breakthrough. Um, talking to myself? I'm pretty sure this podcast is just me talking to myself, trying to ground myself. If it sounds like I'm literally laying in bed staring at the ceiling right now, it's because I am. I have to like pretend to be like a higher power for myself. So for example, my favorite thing or my favorite quote, this got me through like my pharmacy school boards when I was really stressed out. I would always remind myself the only way out is through. One of my favorites. Another good one I heard the other day on a podcast with Olivia Culpo and Jay Shetty was the mantra, 
I am safe and I am secure within myself. Something about that was like really nice because it's reassuring to know that I have everything I need within me to figure out these new uncharted uncomfortable waters. Another thing I remind myself is that the challenges you're facing right now are a testimony to the life you say you want to live. You say you, you know, like want to be an, a fill in the blank. Prove it. Prove how, how bad it is. Prove how bad you want it. And while I'm on this subject, wanting something isn't honestly enough. Like wanting something, desiring something, just like feeling comfort is a mental construct. It doesn't materialize into the real world. So what makes the difference is doing. Prove that you're willing to do it. Okay, my step number two to getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, you have to learn how to detach from the outcome. I said this in my last episode, I'll say it again. A lot of times we're uncomfortable because we're not sure of how something will turn out or like the result. Or we face discomfort on the way to getting to where we want. Being so results driven causes you to like put things into categories of success versus failure. I've either reached the top or I haven't. Yes or no. Happy or sad, essentially. So like being so results driven really has a grip on your emotions and how you think you should react. Instead of looking at it from like a metrics approach of like, did this meet what I wanted? Did this check off the box? Look at it as what it is. My last episode, I mentioned how you shouldn't measure life by how well it did or didn't meet your expectations. Instead, just take it for what it is. And instead of focusing on the results, focus on the journey and learn to love the journey. It's there that you'll realize the journey is actually the discomfort. So you have to learn how to love the discomfort. It's kind of like the quote by the uh, amazing fashion designer, Virgil, I believe Virgil Abloh. Um, He said, the struggle is the point. So own that struggle and own that discomfort. The third thing that really helps me with getting comfortable with being uncomfortable involves fear. So in discerning like comfort from discomfort, it really comes down to fear. So because fear is so transient, it's like a like a wisp of smoke in the air. Don't live your life, your one amazing life, limited by avoiding fear or avoiding discomfort. Basically, don't live a life limited by whatever toxic mental construct you have, because that's how you look back and live a life of regrets. So one tangible thing that you can do to become more comfortable with being uncomfortable, is writing a list of all of your fears in your day-to-day. You'll realize, A, it's silly to fear the things you have no control over, like how someone will react to something at work or like a certain outcome, but B, you'll also realize the opportunities to prepare for the things you can control and how smart it is to do that. Like maybe you can put in a little extra time preparing something over here or getting ready for something else instead of living out of fear. If you break it down and like turn on the lights, you'll realize it's not as bad as you think it is. Alternatively, a good activity I do to live expansively and to create the life I want, I just ask myself the simple question of what would my life look like if I knew it was all going to work out? Train your brain to think expansively like this. Kind of like how you have to expand the threshold for feeling good, you also have to expand the threshold for how you dream about your life. The fourth thing, and this is a tangible thing that helps me get comfortable with being uncomfortable, you have to just practice it in small ways. You have to practice pushing yourself and surprising yourself. Luckily, dental school makes me do this every freaking day. Um, But I also mean in the small sense, like try ordering things you normally don't order, try eating alone in public or whatever it is that intimidates you, but also calls you. It can be as small as like chatting up with a random stranger and getting to know them or their name. Like you basically just need to get out of your head and try little uncomfortable, ordinary things every day. And with time, you'll realize it ended up being okay. You're alive. You probably actually had fun and it was like thrilling in a way. 
thrilling. <laughs> Me describing when I don't get my usual order from Tate. Side note, uh, it's the lamb kebab plate. It's my favorite. It's basically like just eating a bunch of dips. Um, so it comes with like hummus, baba ganoush, lebni cheese, and it comes with like pita and these really good lamb meatballs. If you guys ever come to Boston, you guys gotta try Tate. Anyways, this actually brings me into my first voicemail ever. Let's see who left a message this week. Hey, this is Ken. So I'm Connie's friend in the D3 at Tufts Dental. And my best advice to um, get out of your comfort zone uh, would be to do it scared. Um, as easy as or as scary as it might sound, um, you know, to take that first step, you have to take it. So if you're scared, then that means that you're one step closer to um, confronting that fear. So do it scared. So... Thanks, Kens. Loved that mantra. I'll definitely be using that in the future. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this first voice memo of mine. Now back to the main episode. So anyways, the fifth and final thing that really has helped me become more comfortable with being uncomfortable is pushing myself to network and expand my community because by doing so, I see things through such a new and different perspective. I learned so much more from my mentors or thought leaders than, you know, like only associating with people that always agree with me and, and think the same thing. There's so much more outside of your bubble than you realize. And when you meet new people that think new, different things, it helps you expand your comfort zone and it reminds you that other people are doing the same thing. Other people are pushing themselves. Why can't you? In the student world, this kind of manifests as joining clubs, volunteering, or finding mentors. It's honestly relatively easy to do this as a student because I feel like you're just surrounded by networking opportunities and people, but you don't really see it like that. So if you're a student right now, really take advantage of just the sheer amount of like interactions you have every day. Cause like, it's never gonna be like this in your life again. Once you graduate, you're gonna like be doing your own thing. You're gonna be seeing like the same 10 people every day or so. As a student, you literally bump into strangers like every day of your life. So yeah, in the adult world, it gets a little trickier because then all of a sudden you're not inundated with all these social opportunities. So as an adult, expanding your network and your community career-wise, um, this can look like going to organization events in your career or seeking out mentors in your space. Like don't underestimate the potential from sending just a cold email asking for help or perspective. This can also manifest as taking the time to talk to strangers in like the dog park that you go to or when you see people regularly that you don't know as well, like the barista or like the concierge or something, just ask how their day was. It can look like going to a gym regularly and trying to meet new friends there meeting your neighbors. Yes, it's more awkward and you have to put in more effort as an adult to build your community and to meet new people with different perspectives, but it's still possible and it's a great step to becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable. So there you have it. Those are five of my tips to becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this new feature of having the voicemails and the voice memos from my friends and leaders and mentors. And yeah, if you liked what you heard, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.